0: Boy, a tough one for Illinois basketball last night. It is the drive with Tay and Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. We'll talk all about it as we go along. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk, Lante in route, not currently here, but on his way. We're going to start the show on the Tapman's towing phone line. We'll hear all about it from the player's perspective. Our guy, Lou Goody, joining us on the Tapman's towing phone line. This segment, of course, brought to you by great sponsors Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend, First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted and by Max Twin City Recycling 90 to 89 Penn State prevails over the Illini in a wild one high scoring game. Illinois seemingly in control at the end up 10, two and a half to go up 7 with about 35 seconds left, but Penn State makes the plays and and comes out victorious. So let's get to Luke Goody now on the Tapman's towing phone line. That had to be a tough one for you guys Luke last night. Uh how you doing today a day after?
1: Yeah, it's uh Definitely not the best uh, phone call um, today, but you know what? It's uh, We can learn from it. I think it's better that it happens now versus in March, and uh, there's a lot of things that we can take from this game.
0: Well, We appreciate you still coming on with us to talk about it. As you have had a little bit of time to digest it, what kind of sticks out in your mind of what went wrong at the, the very end?
1: Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the game, we made too many mistakes. Um, there's just both sides of the ball. We did every possible thing we needed to do to lose that game. And, uh, you know, I do give credit to Penn State a little bit. They were able to hit shots and kind of execute down the stretch. But I think uh, we really lost the game versus them winning it, in a sense.
0: As a player, when you're up ten, two and a half left, and and even 7 with 35, I imagine, I mean, the mindset, not that you're letting your foot off the gas and and just coasting the rest of the way. There there obviously wasn't any instance of that, but – what is that like as far as trying to hold on to a lead knowing that a team's gonna be a little bit more desperate to as they they did it with their full court trap get a little aggressive and try to turn you over what what do you need to have happen in those moments and i know you spoke to it some of the mistakes but what maybe slipped away and, and how did how did you see it unfold yeah um
1: you know when you kind of get up like that and you're in the situation to win the game um i'll say it's almost a a sense of a little more conservative in terms of how you're playing because you uh trying to, you know, minimize mistakes. And sometimes I guess that could go wrong, you know, when you play too conservative to, to win the game um in a sense. But, you know, at the end of the day, we just made mistakes that you can't make to win games uh, like that. You know, they had a good good crowd and good atmosphere, and they made plays.
0: Luke, what do you, what do you hope is the reaction from the, the team at, Assuming you know everybody's going to be uh, chewing on this one and upset and ready to get back on the the floor. Obviously, you got Iowa coming up this weekend, but just what do you hope in that locker room is the response as far as just how you guys can come away from this and maybe even learn from it?
1: Yeah, well, the locker room's going to respond like it has all year. Every time we've lost the game, we came back and played hard as a team and played together. And I, I don't think it's going to change um, at all. You know, I think we're going to come together and. Figure out what we did wrong, uh, watch film, get better from it, and work hard in practice just like we have all year. So, um, you know, I don't think it's different in terms of, you know, coming off after a loss. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we just got to do what it takes to to be ready for the next game on Saturday against a the, the hot Iowa team.
0: Luke Goody joining us now on the Tapman's towing phone line. I know after the Michigan State game, Brad mentioned that you guys really spent a lot of time in practice on defense. And, and this has been a squad that, you know, earlier in the year, I think you guys were top 20 in the country in defensive efficiency through the first two months or so of the season. It's slipped uh, quite a bit since then. What do you see going wrong at that end of the floor? I imagine you guys probably still believe you can find a, a level of, of getting back to getting stops that you need to, to do because offensively you guys are rolling right now. I mean, you put up 89 points. You guys, are at the metrics, top five in the country, offensive efficiency, and, and just are a load for people to deal with at that end of the floor. But defensively, what do you think has happened and w- what needs to change to get back to who you guys were?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people on the outside can see how it is. and You know, it's, it, it's just kind of we're at the point right now where we just got to, you know, uh, take it personally and realize that the guy that you're guarding shouldn't be able to score the ball and, uh, you know, take more pride on the defensive end. Um, you know, we were a really good defensive team at the beginning of the year, and I still I still think we are. I think, you know, every team goes through some a tough stretch throughout the season and right now we're kind of in that in that tough stretch just trying to figure out um on the defensive side of the ball you know it's a good thing that we can score the ball like we can but um you don't win games in March if on the offensive end strictly so I think um, you know we're going to learn from this game for sure and uh you know from the last four get in the film room make sure we know what we're doing on defense but uh, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to get back to doing what we do.
0: Luke on the positive side you came in last night were able to make shots got after on the glass uh, I know that You probably didn't feel like you were shooting it uh, as well through the month of February up until that game. So was it good to see him? I know it always is is to see him go in. And uh, did you feel like you took a step in the right direction with your play?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, I think recently I've been, you know, a little bit tested. Just, you know, having to take more pride in in defense and being able to knock down shots. And, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of – the way that you respond is, is the most important thing in these situations. And for me to come in uh, last night and make a difference, you know, I felt like I, I played good defense last night and uh, kind of made a difference as well. So you know, just kind of seeing shots go down and being able to contribute to winning again, I think is important for my confidence and for the success of our team.
0: There was a lot made about that being at rec hall. And I'm not saying that, you know, you guys are making excuses about it. It was a basketball game. They had 10 foot rims and uh, it, you know, that had hosted, basketball for a number of years before they ended up moving to the Bryce Jordan Center but what was the environment like what was it like playing in a a place that doesn't now be a full-time basketball arena and and what'd you make of just what that that scene was like
1: yeah I mean I was telling everybody that it's the coolest place I played in in the Big Ten like just I don't know it, it like felt historic in a way like yeah I played in these in these big arenas and that's all good and that's cool but I mean, to play in that was pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Like, it had an old feel. Honestly, it felt like Indiana high school basketball game. I'm not going to lie. Like, I played in high school gyms that are that size. And, you know, we had the the locker rooms with the wooden benches and the rusted the rusted uh, lockers and all that stuff. So, that I mean, in a sense, I, I thought it was awesome. You know, unfortunately, we lost the game. And, uh, you know, we we're going to look back on it and, you know, figure out all the things we did wrong. But in terms of just, like, the venue, you know, I think it's genius for them. Why not Why not fill up a... A smaller arena than you know, only filled ten percent. A huge arena. I think it's great for them, it gives them like really a true sense of home court advantage.
0: Were the fans closer than they maybe were in, in most arenas? You got some uh, the new school building. I'm not saying that you don't go, you know, Michigan State. It feels like the end zone is on top of you. But uh as someone that you know, you obviously were there. Was there anything different about it in that sense? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, a little bit. I would say it's pretty much the same. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the, uh, the bleachers behind the bench were, um, you know, they were kind of raised, so they weren't really right behind our ears. I would say, you know, the closest that fans have gotten, honestly, is Ohio state. I mean, their mm. student section is right behind our, I mean, they, they were like, could read our plays off of our play cards. So, um, but just in terms of, you know, the atmosphere there, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, you had the front row people sitting on bleachers. I thought that was just like a cool thing. Um, you know, and in terms of just the experience, you know, outside of basketball and the regional, so I thought it was a uh, a really cool experience to play in that gym.
0: A few more minutes here with Luke Goody on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Five regular season games left for you guys. I know you, you take it one at a time. You don't look too far ahead. We have asked you before about do you, do you look at bracketology stuff? Do you look at resume-type things? But it, just kind of a, a big-picture thing, Luke, is, is there a sense of urgency as – you're about a week away from March, and and just knowing that this thing is coming to, uh, you know the the amplitude is is rising here. It's the, about to be the final stages of this season. You got a lot of guys in that locker room that this is their last go. Do you think that there is that feeling that you know we, we only have a select amount of time to to really get right and then be able to play our best basketball at the right time?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's two main goals in the regular season, and that's to win a championship, the conference championship, and prepare yourself best possible for postseason so uh, you know as we get closer to these, these games especially you know we got um, really important games coming up I think it's going to be uh, a big emphasis on you know kind of what how we want to prepare ourselves for the postseason uh, we need to get these wins and you know resume builders because you know outside of winning a Big Ten championship the main purpose of the pre- or the regular season is to prepare yourself in the best possible way to win a national championship so um, for us to go out and and get some wins in these last five games. is going to be super crucial uh, to just put ourselves in a position to be successful.
0: As you look at Iowa coming in, I'm sure today or the next few days, you'll really dive in on that scout and, and get a chance to to really get get to be very familiar with them in terms of what they present. But like you said, and we we talked about it a little bit, you know, they're a hot team just coming off a win at Michigan State. A team that traditionally Fran McCaffrey teams are always really good at the offensive end. So, uh, what do you kind of expect? As far as them coming into your building this weekend,
1: yeah, I mean they can score the ball; That's what they do. Um, so we got to be ready. They got some shooters, they got some playmakers. Uh, they got basically a two big lineup with Freeman and Krikey. Uh So we just got to be ready for them. Uh, those guys are really good scorers. They can put the ball in the hoop, and they're well coached. So uh, they came off a big win at Michigan State. So we got to play together, uh, play hard, and just be ready to go.
0: I do want to ask you before we let you go: like, did it was the floor slick last night? It, it seemed like it was.
1: Uh yeah a little bit I mean they they definitely laid the floor and um you know we our locker room was like not close to the court at all so we had to walk through the old building so mm-hmm. um you know our shoes kind of got dusty but uh you know I thought I mean basically w- what they had to do to set that thing up I thought they did a great job honestly so I can't really complain too much about the
0: career high the for ter- career high for Terrence Shannon last night thirty five points nineteen free throws what he did in transition. I know we, we try to find different ways to ask you to kind of just describe what he's able to do, but have you seen someone that's maybe quicker or as quick end-to-end as he is? You know, you get the long strides, then also, by the way, he's got that strength that you have to deal with. It just seems like a a cheat code. We know that, you know, Zach Eady one-on-one in the paint is, is hard to deal with, but I feel like Terrence in the open court is probably just as difficult for someone to try to stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Terrence is... Uh... He's one of the best athletes on the court at all times. Uh, you know, the scouting report going into the new game is an out-game transition, and uh, you know he was able to take advantage of that. So uh, credit to him, and uh, he he had a great night last night.
0: Last question for you. We'll end on a light note. So we know that Marcus DeMass is—is is it a Bonville? Is that what the the car <laughs> yeah. is? Got got some recent love here recently. Uh, apparently, it ruined uh, a pair of your shoes. Right? You got to tell us the story. You got to fill us in on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. We go get food together, me and Marcus and uh, AJ, one of our walk-ons. That's like uh, we we always go get food together, and just you know, talk after the games and after practice and stuff like that, right? So we got in Marcus's car, and you know, I thought the safe spot would be in the front seat, uh, and you know, I got out of the car, and my pair of Uggs slippers had a stain on the toe and was completely stained. So uh, and they went immediately in the trash can, and we don't even know what it was, so we don't know if it was, if it was oil or. Fluid or something. We have no idea. So I have not ridden in this car since then. That was probably a month and a half ago.
0: Has he ever like not made it to practice or something? Because that thing isn't isn't going. Or is he?
1: <laughs> no, he almost did not. He almost did not make it to uh, the plane one time on the road <laughs> game. So now he has to take it back to uh, to the apartment and I go pick him up. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Good, well, good yeah. stuff, man. We appreciate the, uh, the insights. Obviously best of luck going into this, uh, bounce back spot against Iowa. Big one. Still a lot to play for obviously. And, uh, we appreciate you taking the time today. Yes, sir.
1: Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. And To uh, never miss another interview. Okay.
0: I know. I right. <laughs> Inexcusable. Inexcusable. No days yeah. off everyday guys. We need that. So, uh, we'll, we'll pass on the word and we'll talk to you next week, Luke.
1: Talk to you. Good
0: to talk to you. All right. Luke Goody on the Tapman's Towing Phone Line. That segment runs again brought to you by Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend. First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted, and by Max Twin City Recycling. I appreciate Luke being able to, to come on here. And it's it's got to be tough to discuss last night's loss. Obviously, we're going to do a lot of that as guys that uh not part of that team uh, aren't having to wear that loss. I you know a lot of Line of fans sour. And understandably so. We'll get into all that as we go along, but uh, I know that in talking to Jeremy Warner, who was out there in State College last night, that uh, only Marcus Damask was made available to the media as far as the player side last night. Didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, You understand that it's it's an upset locker room. It was probably a huge shell shocking moment to have that type of lead slip away, and uh, I, I. it does sound and and Jeremy i he wrote it in his article today so I, i'll i'll share this as well but if you haven't heard it it sounds like when he was out by the court after the game that some penn state employee came out and told someone else hey there's a there's a broken window in illinois locker room right now so um someone very frustrated i'm sure we won't learn exactly what happened in there but uh, a lot to be frustrated about, uh, of course, for Illinois internally. They got to fix some things to to get right as this season comes to an end. As this is the the, the window where everybody talks about playing your best basketball, peaking at the right time. You, of course, we're in a position to to take that step really into the the meat of the Big Ten title race, and only be a game out was still a game against Purdue. And of course, when you're in that situation, you don't worry about tiebreakers. You don't worry about what happens if we have the same record? You both win the title. Now Illinois is going to need Purdue not only to, to lose to you, but to lose another game. And and really, it's it's bigger than just the Big Ten title at this point. There's, a, there's a, a decent amount, especially at the defensive end, that Illinois has to fix to avoid another quick postseason, which we're going to talk all about as we go
2: along. And it's really- been a while since we've pulled this one out, but I think today – it, the mood is right for it today. Oh we got it.
3: All around me
0: are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. <laughs> that is a good call, and uh, I didn't even know we had that new system, so good. On you, cop. I put it in today. For, just for oh, this there you go. You knew. You're prepared. You came prepared. Um, Lon joining us now, by the way. What's up, Lon?
4: That's fitting that you'd play that. That was disastrous. As soon as Lon sat
2: down, I played it. That's the real reason <laughs> I did,
0: not the loss. <laughs> I don't know if you heard what Luke Goody had to say. He I heard. On, I'm getting called out. That, yeah, you're not allowed to miss any more of his interviews.
4: Um, can I just say I was so happy to be at high school basketball last night? <laughs> Boy. I told Kyle today, I said, I watched two minutes of that game and it was the last two. And he's like, Your life would have been a lot better watching the first 38. I just could not believe it. I'll, I'll tell you, my, we got done with our game. We sit down to watch the second game because we're going to be playing the winner of that. And about the end of the first quarter, I look back at three of the guys sitting there, including Andrew, and I'm like, What, what do we got on Illinois? They've been winning. And Andrew was like, uh, I don't know exactly. He's like, they were up, they're up 84, 60, or 76 or something. Right. And I'm like, whew, good. You know, just get out of there with a win. Cause my phone, <laughs> my phone had more than 65 texts from like 10 different people, five of them yelling at me about Wahhab. And I'm like, I'll never say anything about... Did I not say kiss to death? He totally... One of them was like, he's five for five with (laughs) ten points, you... And it was right off the bat, too. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm just like, oh, my Lord, because I looked at my phone at halftime. I don't look at my phone during games with Andrew, but I looked at my phone at half, and there were already, like, six texts, and one of them I could just see Wahab, and I'm like, he must be filling it up. So... I, you know, I look back at Andrew. I'm like, man, just get out of there. I'll take my Wahab grief. Let's get out of here with a victory and move on. And at halftime, like no, the three guys don't tell me because I think Andrew knows. I just get so frustrated. At halftime rolls around and we're getting ready to leave, and I'm like, uh, what was the final? And he's like, they lost. And I'm like, they what? And he's like, Dad, they were up eight. Is that right? With up seven with thirty five seven seconds left. with yeah. I think he said they were up eight with 40 seconds. I'm like, how did they lose? So then I get home and I watch the last two minutes. And I still don't know how they lost. Like, I, they, we, they grabbed a rebound with like a minute 15 left, up like seven or eight or whatever it was. And and hence, I,
0: they didn't foul.
4: No, and I'm like, how, how did this happen? And then I just start seeing it unfold. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That is one of the worst losses ever. I mean, right? If you consider – I mean, obviously, any loss in an NCAA tournament would trump that loss. I, I, don't care. I, I don't care who you are. That loss in an NCAA tournament ends your season. To me, that would be the worst loss. And then you, you've had other losses, obviously, that have, that have been tough. But considering what you had a chance at with – what was it? Controlling your own destiny? Bringing Purdue to your house – You've got right on the heels of having Iowa come to town this weekend. How fun is that going to be? How fun would had, would it have been? Even though it's still going to be fun. Then you got Minnesota coming to town. Then you'd have Purdue after a trip to Wisconsin. It's like, and then you go do this to Penn State. And I sat there and I thought to myself, they're going. You know, we have to go to Penn State in football. Now I know the last time they were there, they did the old barge and got the longest game overtime game in history of ever.
0: But, ugliest overtime ugliest. in the history of ever but how often but is, they how often is that going to happen right right
4: how often is that going to happen at happy valley and now we've got the basketball team that gives us fits and it's just like that's is that four straight for penn state It is, yes i mean they're sitting over there and out east going it's too bad we can't play illinois twice I, that's just that's sad that's sad that was a, a bad bad loss and anything you want to say bad about it, go ahead.
0: I think it just rattles the confidence of totally. the fan base and just the general perception of this team, big picture, as they go into March. They're, I mean, the season's not over. They're still in a decent position. The fact that you lose that game, you're still probably on the four or five seed line and, right. and still that's – a, that's a decent landing spot. If that's yeah. where they end up, you probably completely sacrifice the chance unless you just run the table the rest of the regular season and then – Get a couple wins and the nope.
4: lose to Wisconsin Big to Purdue tournament. and be
0: a six seed. Yeah. I'd rather be there. I'd rather be a six. You pre- the three seeds probably out of the question. Yeah, um, for the most part, realistically speaking, unless they just go on a heater here uh, to end <laughs> things, but their defense is atrocious. It's terrible. Like, that's the thing where it wasn't. In, if I'm an Illini fan and, and as someone that's covering it and knows what this team is is capable of, what we've seen in the past. Yes, there's some flaws, and we've talked about it, but it was not an enjoyable watch. Well, Terrence Shannon was phenomenal, oh and you appreciate every moment you get a chance to watch him put on an Illinois uniform and do what he does. I mean, in, in transition, the fact that we can legitimately and rightfully put him in the conversation of D Brown and Io, oh. and I'm sure, you know, insert name here of the flying Illini in, in terms of electric <laughs> That's transition right. fast-break players. And it's real. And he just completely was dominant and took it over. But even if Illinois would have held on and won, I would have said, man, this defense is terrible. This defense has some real, real problems that could rear its ugly head at the wrong time in March. And now you have a team that's not closing games too. They blew a big lead at home against Nebraska. Probably should have lost that game. If not, Marcus Damas getting fouled on that, that late jump shot that he then is able to go to the free throw line and send it to overtime. You blew a lead in East Lansing. You're very much yep. in control, and that's not a great Michigan State team. And then this one. So that's three meltdowns essentially at the end of games in the span of three weeks. Mm. So you've got late game issues. You've got defensive issues. Is this still a good team? Yes, but they're not currently profiling as a squad that inspires a lot of confidence when your, your season's going to be on the line here before too long.
4: I agree. And I, I've been looking, as you've been talking, through our Big Ten schedule, and points allowed to who we've played. So you allowed 58 to Rutgers, um, and of course that's before they've gotten Williams now, who's mm-hmm. going to change that around. You had the chance to play them twice. They scored 58 and 63 against you. Great. Michigan only scored 73 against you, right? Indiana only scored 62 Those are some of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Minus Rutgers, who's kind of catching fire a little bit, right? And then you look at the – well, Michigan also scored 68. Then you look at some of these teams. I mean, you gave up 80 to a Maryland team, this third from the bottom. 88 to Michigan State. You just go through here, 75 to Ohio State. It's like – I don't know. What happened to the 60s?
0: Couldn't stop Northwestern in that game. No, they had
4: 90 what? Six. 96 in that game. So, I don't know. I don't – do we move too fast on offense? Do we score too quick? You know, it's, it's almost like when you, when you, you look at time of possession in football, right, where you try to control the clock. If you know your defense isn't that good, but your offense can churn out yards, maybe the way to beat a team is to shorten the game and go on long drives and don't let your defense get on the field often. I mean, are we at that point where we got to use every second of the shot clock before we score just so we can hold the team under 70?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do you, don't, that, you don't. You don't. The pace is part of it. Like, yes. Pace is part of this, the point totals. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be a higher scoring game last night. Number one, because Illinois is not stopping a lot of people. No. And I thought Ace Baldwin would hurt them and be able to create some things for other people, which he had 10 assists or 12 assists, actually, in that game. But just because Penn State likes to play fast, so nope. does Illinois. So you get a lot of possessions. So sometimes it it can be skewed in, in terms of like efficiency and whatnot. But I think that also it's a team that's completely lost its edge. And sometimes it looks like it's want to and, and desperation on defense. I, I think maybe they – it's easy for me to say on the outside, but Brad's even talked about it. Like maybe they've found too much satisfaction and that they can outscore people. So when they score a bunch of points, they relax on defense a little bit more. There are, some, there are some fundamental flaws in them defensively. Like I don't think that Coleman Hawkins is changing how he guards fives. Like he's in a right. one-on-one matchup with right. a good five man who can score this back to the basket, who has some size on him. I don't think that anything is changing there. I don't think anything's changing about uh, we, we love Luke Goody. We love Marcus Damask. Like they're not going to be able to guard quicker guys in space for the most part. Luke did battle a lot better mm-hmm. last night. Still, is someone that people are hunting out defensively, and so th- there's some of that as well. But some of the other stuff is correctable, like not being able to guard inbounds plays. <laughs> they're not inbounds plays in general. They're not complicated. It, no. it was a a screen for a guy up near the top of the key, and he just drives right to the the lane, catches the ball, and dunks it or lays it in. That happened three separate times. That's crazy. And and there are just things that you know Justin Harmon acted like he'd never seen a back cut before, <laughs> right? he got back cut three or four times for easy layups. So there there are things within that that are fixable that they're both concerning. The stuff that you can't fix and the stuff that you can is, is concerning that they're both happening, especially for a squad that's as old as they are. Yep. And the factor of like this should, this team shouldn't need motivation. You're full of a team that's old, full of a team that's on their last ride, full of a team that is should have been recognizing and I I know that they did. That they could have won a Big 10 title. They could continue to further their their stock in March, which we we know as well as anybody, the landing spot as far as your seating, yeah, is super important to how far you can actually go. So that just that was one that really took the wind out of the sails, I think, for a lot of Illini fans. And there is the fear, and it's been the the, the cloud is how many times have we bring it up. The cloud is there of of Loyola, which really is within it. The fact that this team has not gone on enough of a run to get to the second weekend, and now you're worried that this is going to extend on past because of what we're currently seeing.
4: I want to ask you one thing, and then I want to, I want to ask you if we could recommend doing something going forward. Before I go, go forward, what do you think Brad Underwood was talking about when he said there'll be changes made if things aren't corrected on
0: defense? Who is he pointing that at? Is that what he said? Yeah, I think that, number one, he's talking about playing time. okay he he's talking about if guys aren't going to defend their spots they got to play different people. Cool. Coleman all of a sudden is is someone last night Coleman Hawkins lost his mind. He did. And, and he was he, he was brutal last night uh, about as as bad as an NBA caliber of player could be. And look, guys have off nights, but it was the emotional stuff sure. that it we we've he circled back to that. it and he does. Yep. It sometimes people love him because yep. he's Number one, he's really talented. Oh. Number two, he, he's he's passionate about Illinois. He he has a little bit of the the villain factor for yep. other teams in the Big Ten. It's, it's nice to have one of those when you're a winning team and other people hate you. But then again, he also has the emotions go the other way, where he kind of can self sabotage. He can get distracted and even you know chirping up the the ref during the free throws about not giving the ball, not giving him the ball. Him it's the just, ball. It's right, just, it's stuff that 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 doesn't happen. So I, on the note of him. We've talked about him being potentially a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Recently, in the last few weeks, he's maybe been average defensively. I totally agree. So, there's, there's that. Justin Harmon's not guarding well at all. Uh, Ty makes mistakes defensively, which he shouldn't make. Quincy is a complete shell of himself. He's just evaporated into the... Is he hurt? I don't know if he's hurt. Um, he, he did have the, the wrist, but you can still guard people well, yeah. with a wrist. You can still rebound with a wrist.
4: Maybe maybe we're so old that we need to do what the NBA does. Maybe it's like what load do they call management. that? Yeah, load management. Maybe Quincy needs to sit a game. You know, just sit out the Iowa game, rest till next Wednesday, come back against Minnesota. I don't know. I mean, at this point, what are you what are you trying to what are you trying to gain? What can you lose and what can you gain? And that was one thing I was going to ask you about recommending we it, it went, if, if we look forward here today on that. But you know, in the sense of Coleman. And I know it's one of those that, probably for the younger crowd, they're going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, everybody's mad about Coleman and social media and this and that. But you know what? It is out there, right? It's out there. Now, whether or not that has anything to do with how he plays against Penn State or how he turns around and plays against Iowa, I know it doesn't. But it would be nice to just – let's just focus on basketball, right? Let's just – got five regular season games left. You've got, you know, sandwiched between Iowa. Then you've got – Big 10 tournament, then you got NCAA tournament. Let's just focus on basketball, right? That's what people want to see that are mad about the social media. Now, does it have anything to do with anything? No, but that's the theory that most people want to see. And you, you see it on Twitter. You see it everywhere. I wish Coleman would just shut up. I wish he would do this. I hear it from everybody talking about it. I get it. I've been a Coleman apologizer since day one. I think he's I think he's huge for this team. He obviously last night had a horrible game. And we all saw what happened late. And it was a dumb foul for him to jump out and, and run into Hicks. That was the dumbest foul you can have. But I understand where people are coming from in terms of, hey, it's been fun. It's been cool. Let's just focus on basketball.
0: Right. I mean, it, there's a it's a two-sided coin. Number one, it's the end game stuff people mm-hmm. want to see it into. Like last night, and we've talked about it, that – I feel like this year even though he's been emotional I feel like there's been less adva- less examples of his emotions just snowballing into a bunch of mistakes.
4: Do you think that that kind of stuff off the court could lead to more of the emotional stuff on?
0: I just think that's who he is. Like I I I, think, okay. I, I just like he's having fun with the the social media stuff. Right. And he he's in he knows that he's kind of this villain type of role because of because of his personality because he's outspoken even within Illini circles he's a polarizing figure I think he recognizes that so I think he's having fun and obviously he's drawing some attention to himself which that's the problem when you do the social media stuff there's more of a spotlight so when you don't answer the call it makes even makes it look even worse on you like tweeting the the Scooby-Doo villain laughing after Purdue loses on the road at Ohio State, and then turning around and being awful and being a big part of why you lost at Penn State is a bad look. You're, and just you're putting gonna a get, bullseye on. You're going to get dogged for it. Yep. I mean, that's part of. We saw it with Hunter Dickinson too. Yep. Like Hunter at Michigan, liked to talk. Yep. And it was easy for him to have things to say during the season when they were a one seed and they were named the Big Ten title winner, albeit Illinois humbled them uh, that season yes, when they, they went they into did. Ann Arbor, but hunter being this this guy who likes to clown around all of a sudden wasn't as funny and as uh, easy to stomach for michigan fans when they were barely making the tournament didn't even make the tournament last year people were talking about why does he have a podcast can't he just focus on basketball instead of right. chopping it up with jordan Bohannon and looking like clowns so uh, i think with with coleman there is that like all right we got to rein this in right problem was last night like he's He's arguing with refs after calls he doesn't get and then Illinois is giving up 5 on 4 the other way and they're giving up drives to the baskets. So yeah. That that was literally a trade-off of his emotions then leading to points for Penn State. Mm. And that was It was a bad I, look. It was a bad game it, and a bad it was, look. It was bad, yeah.
4: There's no doubt about it for Coleman.
0: Um, it hasn't been his entire season. No. And the turnovers last like he's done a good job of limiting turnovers this year five turnovers last night though that was the second time he's done that i mean he's been the guy that is
4: causing turnovers right that's been the the story up until last night has been coleman causing turnovers not giving up turnovers and that's what he did all right so i'll ask you because i know we got to take a break what happens next so this happened there's a what were the percentages that illinois wins the big ten what are the percentages they, um, they run the table?
0: Now or before? No, before
4: that. What what were the percentages? 30% that they're going to go to Wisconsin and win, that they're going to beat Purdue at home?
0: I mean, would, would you say 30? Less than 50. Yeah, probably between 30 and 50.
4: Okay. And I'm not discounting it. You know more than anybody who loves Big Ten titles more. You know, nobody likes them more than me. But that's done now. We can quit worrying about that. Uh, Purdue would have to fall from fall from earth or whatever it is whatever the saying is that's not going to happen this is not going to happen where illinois wins the big 10 if they do then you can credit me for bringing the best out of wahab and then credit me for bringing the best out of illinois and the worst out of purdue but with that said then so now what is to gain with the last 5 games what can what what can illinois still accomplish what can they lose these last 5 games as well in other words you know you've got a couple of tough ones with you, anytime you play at Iowa, I don't care how good they are, that's going to be tough. And they're going to be battling for an NCAA tournament if they keep playing like they are. Yep. you got Purdue at home. That's not going to be easy. you got to go to Wisconsin. Minnesota's a little bit better. Yep. So I, I'd love to look at the, pos, like the best case and the mm-hmm. worst case for Illinois down the stretch. And, and what I mean by that is just to move on from last night. Just move on from it. Maybe you don't even win the Big Ten anyway, and we look back, and that Penn State game doesn't mean anything. I know there's more deeper concerns, and you've brought those up with defense and everything. I agree. But if we move on from that and then wonder what's the best case, what's the worst case, that's what I'd love to ask you.
0: All right, let's talk about that next. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I. Alina Link text line. We appreciate all those that have already – voice their concerns and questions we'll get to those as we go along we'll talk about what Illinois has to gain and lose and what's important to see in these last five regular season games when we return this is the drive
5: Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our Rewards Cash Back Checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so so simple, we bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Reward Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to $20,000. Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Reward Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or FisherNational.com. Fisher National Bank, exceptional communities, exceptional people. Member FDIC. Since Bucy Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
3: PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champion, urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at pdrauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car, they are PDR In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. When it comes to finding a reliable vehicle, look no further than Sarah Champagne, your trusted automotive destination. They carry a lineup of top brands, including Honda, BMW, Subaru, GMC, and Buick. And they're not just about cars. They're about people. Their team is dedicated to providing you with trustworthy service and dependable vehicles that fit your lifestyle. Experience the difference at Sarah Champagne. Visit Sarah, S-E-R-R-A, Champagne.com.
4: At Pards in Urbana, the boots just keep on coming. They're known for their huge collection of men's cowboy boots, women's cowgirl boots, kids' boots, and even shoes. If you're searching for top footwear brands, look no further than Pards. They carry a wide variety, including Ariat, Dan Post, Smoky Mountain, Roper, Double H, and more. And if socks or accessories are what you need, they've got all your high-quality essentials. Since 1968, Pards has been serving their customers with high-quality merchandise. And if you haven't been to Pards in a while, a lot has changed. Go check them out just off University Avenue in Urbana. Two Men and a Truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years. Now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal, introducing Two Men and a Junk Truck to the Champaign area. Our goal at Two Men and a Junk Truck is to help you make room for what matters most. We can make your garage, attic, basement, house, or business look bigger with our furniture or appliance removal. Contact us today at twomenjunktruck.com.
0: Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. 90-89 Illinois Falls and just a shocking meltdown down the stretch. I know that in Brad Underwood's first year, you had the Demonte Williams inbounds pass <laughs> against Maryland. Yes. That then was ultimately a loss, and that was bad. This one, knowing how good this team is in comparison to a team yeah. with – Freshman Trent and freshman DeMonte and Mark Allstork and Aaron Jordan and oh God. Like, that was that was a bad wow. Illinois team. This was the worst. Oh meltdown, choke job, whatever you want to call it of Brad Underwood's tenure at Illinois. Well, what is is it? Is
4: it the game itself, or is it just the last forty seconds that that makes
0: it that? I, I think. I mean, the game itself was just a disaster defensively. But it was point. the fact that you had a 12-point a lead with five to go, a 10-point lead with two and a half to go. Like There there are no reasons why you should blow that game. No. And then seven points in 35 seconds, you're in the double Jeez. bonus. You should be shooting free throws and winning the game. And just to, to let it go like that for Terrence to get – I thought he got hit on the arm. I did too. But still, he tried to split right. two defenders and – it boy'd be nice to uh have a point guard to oh throw the ball to at the end of a game and
4: well let me throw this out if trust you, if Luke Goody's shot from the corner goes, that game's probably done. Yes. And they I said know he that. got
0: yeah, and he got criticized by I know fans out there thought that in hindsight, especially knowing he missed it, right. Taking it sooner in the shot clock, could have chewed a little bit more off the time, but that's yeah, a wide-open look. It term, was. Though. I I mean, was. I mean, he was, was Terrence should have just
2: drove. He, was, he had a one-on-one drive there, <laughs> and he was getting fouled every time he drove. But. True.
0: That's a good point. Kyle, before we dive into this, what are, what's kind of your initial thoughts about last night? Actually, we can make that a topic for four
4: if you want. All right. Kind of the best case, worst case for let's Illinois. Do, let's right, do let's do that. that. Yeah. Because I want to hear Kyle for five minutes. <laughs> Cody Bellinger, Kyle go
2: <laughs> if David I had to talk Perlton. about that topic, I'd
4: have nothing to say because
2: <laughs> once again, no update on that <laughs> front at all wah, wah, wah. In terms of illinois i I'm more bothered like I feel like that was just I'm upset that you lose that game. There's no excusing losing a game you were up seven with thirty five seconds left. I'm just more bothered big picture that this team can't defend anybody, yeah. I, I'm more bothered by that than I am that they lost this game because I think everything had to go wrong in one perfect storm. That's like a collapse that happens once every five years for a team. I, and not to say that I'm happy about it, but I'm more concerned big picture that if this team's not going to guard anybody, I'm, I'm concerned that they're not going anywhere in March. Like you're going to have to defend someone at some point. So and how do just, they do it? How do we do it? Not getting back cut 14 different times would help. I mean, do, Stopping do you... Stopping
0: the ball in a drive? Yep.
4: Do you go zone on occasion?
0: Yeah. <laughs> kind of threw that out sarcastically. <laughs> I mean, if a team's they've, just... They've, they've shown some of that quote-unquote zone that Brad doesn't like to call a zone, right. but they, they've gotten gotten scored on it.
4: Do you press a little bit? Do you throw a baby press out there? I, I don't know. Like, I'm no coach, especially at that level. Something's not working. So you either trap... Yeah. ...more... You either put more on ball pressure, which they pretty much do. You maybe full court—I mean, maybe full court press a couple of times. Anything to just kind of trip the other team up a little bit. Mm. I, I don't get—I don't know. I don't know if there's any. I, maybe they're just not a good defensive team, and you're going to outscore everybody.
0: Well, that's what the profile says. Yep. I, over the last month, uh, Bart Torvik says Illinois is sixth in the country in offense during that span. 167th in defense. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Let me ask you this Can
4: scoring and rebounding be enough to overcome defense
0: in March? Well, you got 35 from Shannon last night, career high. You beat Penn State on the glass by 24 and you still lost. So your answer is no. My answer is not necessarily. (laughs) The problem with not getting stops is even if you are electric offensively, you're going to be in a tight game at the very end, assuming another team just doesn't miss their opportunities. But you're going to be in a late-game situation where it might just be whoever has the ball last, and then also we're worried about Illinois in late games right now. Yes, we are. So what has to change? I think Coleman has to be more active in ball screen stuff. We've mentioned it before. I think he's sitting too far back in the drop coverage. Mm -hmm. I don't think that plays to his strengths. I think that he's getting lost at times playing in no man's land. like Deciding whether he should show on a ball handler, get back to his guy, didn't really do either of those very well. He's not a physical dude. No. So you don't have rim protection. That's one problem. And with the way that Illinois is playing, they want to run people off the three-point line. They don't want – other teams to get clean looks from three, which nobody does, but that's kind of what a lot of in defenses. So what are you going to take away and what are you going to give up? Illinois wants to take away threes and they want to allow some ability to get some two point baskets against them. Now, when you quote unquote funnel, when you chase guys off of screens, when you chase guys off the line from three, they're going to have attacking action downhill. The problem is Illinois is not forcing Fifteen foot jumpers no. all the time, Mm-mm. which the analytics say that's the best shot you can allow is a a mid range pull up shot. They're they are allowing teams to get right to the paint and score it with their guards or post it with their bigs. And Coleman can't block shots because that's just not who he is. He's no. not a true five man, and these guys on the perimeter aren't stopping the ball. So uh, I do think that if I was if I was Illinois, I'd be more aggressive in using Coleman to stop some ball handlers. They're getting downhill like. When there's there's screening action to have him blitz somebody like he did Jameer Young, or at least just show and then recover. And then some of it's just soul searching though. Like there's no reason that Quincy Garrier is just not there, not present, not playing with energy and toughness, and Justin Harmon should be better uh, defensively. Ty Rogers should be better defensively. I agree. And then some of it's just breakdowns of communication too. Like that that's how what I attribute it to as far as the inbounds plays where all you can, you could just call a switch. And I think Illinois gets caught in bad switches sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes then they, they don't switch them, they should. So there's a lot of things to unpack there. It's just the coaching staff has to have some answers. And then the team has to look themselves in the mirror and say, look, if you don't take pride in stopping people, yeah, you guys are awesome on offense, but so will other people against you. Right. And that can be a recipe for disaster. And you got
4: Iowa who can score as well as anybody in the next two or the next five
0: games. Iowa will be in their comfort zone if they're (laughs) playing in a a race to 90. I'm not saying they'll beat you. Right. Because Illinois is great offensively too, but that's what they want to do. They want to score a bunch, not play a bunch of defense. They'll they'll try to, quote-unquote, junk it up with some zone and some full-court token press and whatnot, but they're not a good defensive team. They've never been. So you're just – I'd get it if you were Iowa, mm-hmm. if you had athletic limitations, if you had – and there are, again, like I said, there are some flaws that are just probably unfixable for Illinois, but then again, Ty Rodgers is big, strong, and really athletic. So is Terrence. So is Quincy. Sure. You've got enough athleticism to be a lot better at the defensive end. They're just not that right now.
4: Are they physical enough?
0: No. Do they play
4: physical enough? No. It seems like you know we always get that thought with like Michigan State. Well, they got they got a lot of their own problems. I mean, I'm not this team from Michigan State's got but to traditionally, tell but Michigan traditionally State, yeah. they beat you up a little bit, right? You you know going in to East Lansing or when they come here, you know you're going to
0: have a couple bruises when you leave that game. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's a cons- I feel like it's a conservative approach defensively. Like I don't feel like they don't they are towards the bottom of the country enforcing turnovers, which means they're not being that aggressive. Now sometimes third worst in Division One enforcing turnovers this year. So you're not going to take the ball away from people. And see
4: that's weird with like a guy like Shannon who can get his long arms and passing lanes, and Ty Rogers who you would think would do that, and Coleman. How many strips does Coleman have? I mean, he's carrying that number. He'd probably be
0: worse. It'd be dead last. So I think Illinois wow. could be, and I thought going into the year, I, f- I thought that this would be potentially reversed. That Illinois would be maybe a train wreck offensively without a point guard and without really improved three-point shooting. And that they'd be I, – I didn't think they'd be elite defensively. I thought they'd be pretty good. But that maybe they have to play aggressive mm. to turn people over and get into transition. It's kind of the opposite. It's that they do – offensively pretty much whatever they want, but defensively yeah. they they don't turn you over. They they let you recently just drive right to the rim, and then you can post Coleman, and maybe they'll double, and maybe Brad won't want to. He'll flat out be too stubborn to do it or, yeah. or just not want to give up the, the open threes or whatever else that comes with it.
4: So this morning I got up at 4.30, ran my six miles, uh, showered, made some eggs. I only eat the white part. I'm healthy. And then I get on Ken Palm. That's pretty much my morning routine now. And it said, oh, Illinois, you're on the treadmill, right? Right. Yeah. I go back for my warm down of two miles. <laughs> and it said that Illinois was 327th in luck. Now, I don't do any of that stuff in the morning, minus the eggs, but I still eat the yolk. So thank with, God with, I was going Yeah, no, excited. no. With <laughs> that said, with that said, what the hell does that mean? I don't know. That you're just that Kyle unlucky? had a better answer. Kyle, for it what than was I your did. answer for that?
2: The technical formula is expected win loss minus your actual record, basically. So it's based on Illinois' performance this year, they're expected to win more games than ah. their nineteen wins. Okay.
0: So here's another thing with Illinois. This this would be kind of a bigger picture topic, but to pivot off or to, to build on that, I think it's fair for some people to wonder beyond the numbers, the computer numbers still really really like right. Illinois and you look at Ken Palm you know they they dropped the, a couple of spots but they're still 12th in the country in Ken Palm the analytics as you compute the points per possession on on offense that really bolst, bolsters up who they are but this is a team that when you just kind of look at who they've beaten they still now, now the Big Ten hasn't afforded them a ton of opportunities they've only beaten one team currently ranked in the top twenty five on Kempom, that's that being Michigan state wow FAU has continued to fall right is not an elite win is it's a good win and they're maybe even the way they're playing taking it out a very good win and then they've lost some games that you wouldn't want to lose like Penn State like Maryland on your home floor and i I guess the question is are they as good as the numbers say they are hmm. or have they just and I, I'm not trying to just completely yeah, I know say last saying. night shows that they're a fraud. Right. Right. But right. Right. I, I think that this team still has a yeah. lot more to prove still. And the well, fact that they didn't last night is. Um, yeah.
4: Concerning. Let's earn Let's tackle that. And then my worst case and best case
0: the rest of the season. You want All to right. do that? Yeah, next? Let's hour? do it. We'll do that next on the drive. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta link text line. We'll be back. This is the drive.